Yeah. I'm back, bitch. YSP. It's safe to say, it ain't safe to say. But I'm about to say a whole lot. Man, y'all already know what time it is, man Welcome to another episode of Flavoring Your Ear Hosted by none other than Drew Cause it ain't no other host other than me I'm the only one doing this shit And we are gonna kick it off just like that But today, today, today we have a special guest And y'all already know who this is Even if it's just sub... Like subconsciously you know who this is Because you hear his voice every single time you tune in You hear his voice before you hear mine So I gotta introduce my homie A nigga that I damn near came up with Grew up with for about four years Stayed in the same house under the same roof Nigga me and this man done shared clothes All type of stuff bro We go a long way And he's the artist on my introduction of my podcast So I gotta introduce my boy. I know him as Kendo. Y'all may know him as Sorbet Sports. I hope I said that right. <laughs> but no, most definitely. <laughs> but Kendo, what it do, my nigga? What's popping, Walt? Uh, you know I'm doing good, bro. I hope you're doing well. Um, man, I'm blessed. I'm bro. I'm chilling. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just chilling. I'm right now. I'm actually, you know, glancing at some, glancing at a box score, trying to see where we at with something right now. But you know, I'm chilling. Nice, my man. Always working, bro. So let's get straight into it, my nigga. In your former life, you was a rapper. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> let's kick it off straight like that. No, that's a good way to get straight to the point. But for sure, yeah, you know, I might have dibbled and dabbled in a little music. You know, I might have made some songs here and there. For sure. For sure. Man, you made made a banger with that intro. I tell niggas that all day. (laughs) I still groove to that. (laughs) No, for sure. No, that's actually, you know, that's a song that I kind of like, when I first made it, I was like, oh, this is... This is solid. You know, that's one of those songs I made. And I felt like for myself, I was like, you know, bro, you might be a little better than, you know, like you actually think you are. You might be able to rap a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the man was rapping like he was hove. I, I tell you every time. And, you know, with the rap scene, you from Memphis. Shout out to Memphis. Um, how you yeah, feel? Shout out, to, shout out to the city. Yeah, shout out to the city, man. How was it like growing up in Memphis, bro? Um, honestly, growing up in Memphis for me was kind of chill. I didn't. I mean, I really just did like you know normal kid things. Like, I mean, <laughs> went outside, you know, play yeah, play <laughs> basketball with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> Played basketball with the guys, you know, went to the gym, uh, you know, hung out with friends on the weekend a little bit. Um, the, I think the only thing that was probably slightly different for probably a lot of people my age at the time was like when I was younger, I'm not gonna lie, everybody who lived in my neighborhood was already in like high school, so like I was in like elementary hanging out with niggas in like ninth, tenth grade, so like these niggas was putting me on different stuff. You know, different slang, different clothing, different, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I was learning about, like, Jabot at the time, I think, was hot. You know, like, Nelly probably had just dropped, like, uh, the Air Force One's classic uh, little song. And, you know, I was learning about different stuff that was hot at the time when there. And I think, you know, a lot of, um, that put me on, like, 3-6 and a lot of cool artists and stuff like that I didn't know about when I was younger. But, you know, it was cool growing up in Memphis. Um you know, you learn a lot fast. You see a lot of different things. You know, it teaches you how to move. I feel like, honestly, growing up in, like, any of those major inner-city areas teaches you um, how to maneuver the world a lot better and just interact with people, and, you know. And it, honestly, I feel like it makes you really fearless at the end of the day. Um, growing up in, like, just, like, those inner-city um, inner um, areas where, like, you know, like, a lot is going on, honestly, within the culture and just, like, the dynamics of it, you know. Yeah, and just to even follow up on that, like how 
so who introduced you to the to the young hustlers, man, at elementary? How did you get acquainted with them? Did you have siblings? Uh, how did that happen? Bro, I don't know, bro. I maybe um, you know what? So kind of weird, but the the neighborhood I actually grew up in, it was kind of like it was like it's like a middle class neighborhood, or whatever. But right around us is like everything that's like super like hood or whatever. But uh, so I think my dad might have been cool with one of the neighbors, and then I ended up getting cool with his son that was a little older, and then I think his son introduced me to like everybody who was older in the neighborhood, and that's kind of how I like started hanging out with like all the older guys, you know, just being a young and just picking up and seeing what's going on. You know, they invited me. I guess they thought I was cool or whatever. I don't know, like. I don't know, I was young. I was just like, man, like, damn, this is cool. I get to hang out and hoop and, you know, listen to them talk about all the crazy shit that's going on in high school or whatever. Yeah, they like, yeah, man, this young nigga is different. We bringing him with us. <laughs> we taking him <laughs> with us. <laughs> he remind us of us. <laughs> but, man, no, that's what's up, bro. Um, how are you maneuvering through the city now as a, as a as as an adult? Uh, just being back, honestly, just being back the past year. Um, nothing's really. I mean, I guess I am maneuvering different in an aspect, but mainly now, um, with me being back, my main focus is uh basically my business, what I'm prioritizing right now. So, like, you know, I haven't really been into clubs much recently, or just like hanging out or any other thing. I've kind of been like uh. Uh, I've had a bit of tunnel vision, I'll admit it. Um, nice. And I think that, that's been best for me because at this point in my life, I know what I want out of life. I know what my vision is. I know what I'm trying to craft. And that kind of doesn't involve me doing like things that are like outside of that at the moment. I mean, I'll get back to that soon. But like at this point in time in my life, I know what I want to focus on. So that's kind of how I'm, that's, that's shaping how I'm a new creator at this point. Like, I mean, you know, I would like go out like as far as like just ride around and like maybe, you know, since I'm in it while I'm out, you know, just chilling and, you know, I'm back to it pretty much as far as like working and just focusing on what I got to do. Yeah, no, nice. And I want to get into that vision, but before we even get into where you are currently, let's backtrack it a little bit. Uh, obviously we went to college together We fucking was roommates and everything uh, For a period of time But I want to know What has been transpiring in your life Professionally Like career wise, work wise That has led to your business ventures From probably year 2019 till now to In 2022 I said 2020 From 2019 to 2022 Yeah, so uh I mean, if we go to 2019, I think at that time I was like, uh, I was actually still at, I was working at Urban Outfitters, you know, that's probably one of the, that was one of the only major um, clothing stores where I was at at the time in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So I actually, I loved that job at the time, um, mainly because, I mean, a discount was fire. <laughs> right. I can believe <laughs> you know, it. If you, <laughs> and, you know, they actually sell a lot of, uh, I guess, niche and some kind of cool designer items on their website and just you know like the branding in general was pretty solid they actually taught me a lot about branding working there because they do a really good job of keeping their branding to high standards um but yeah just being there learning a lot about style and merchandising you know like um how, how to train people etc you know like being um being a leader stuff like that i learned a lot of that working there which is really cool um but I will say, like, that next phase after Urban Outfitters is what really just helped me kick into overdrive for myself personally. Um, and that would be, um, so I moved on to, like, a marketing firm, um, I believe in 2020-ish. Mm. Yeah, in 2020-ish, I moved on to a marketing firm. Before and that's pandemic? Where, like, my whole perspective. Before pandemic or after? Uh, it's like, oh, no, this is after I, well, I guess we're still in the pandemic, so you can't really say after. But this is like the middle of the pandemic, right? Right. Like so. So after March of like the start of pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. And what is what did that teach you? So, 
but further way, way further past March. We're talking like uh, November. Mm, nice. Yeah, like November. So, I mean, just um getting into getting into what the market frame was like. It was very eye opening because, um, you know, I had I hadn't really been in a position before where I had to to learn. Um, or I wasn't in a position before where I was talking to people and I had to, you know, negotiate or learn how to close deals or anything like that. So that was like kind of big because it just taught me a lot about how to maneuver in the business world and, you know, like um, how to just get that leverage you want in certain situations, you know, and how to, you know, make people feel comfortable and, you know, like actually provide a service that's beneficial to people and making sure it's the right fit regarding what they want. Right. Um, yeah, that was, that was big as far as, like, you know, showing me. And then there, you know, I just gained so much. Um, I gained so much knowledge on, like, um, just how to how to run a business because um, at the, I guess at the time, I wasn't aware of, like, exactly what it took, but, like, just the position they put me in. Like, so jumping in, I think I got, like, two weeks of training. At two weeks of training, I had, like, a – I had one of the other executives there with me. Um, he was super, super good at what he did. Um, he he showed me a lot in probably that first week and a half. And then, like, by that weekend, I think the second of the second week, I was by myself in uh, one of the partner's locations. And I was, you know, I was working my thing a little bit. I was I was, in, I was finding my group a little bit, but myself, Bello, you know. And basically, at this point, like, once you go on your own with, the, with this marketing firm, you're by yourself. So, like you're in one of the partner locations, you're by yourself, you're running the whole show yourself. You you are uh, you're doing your customer service, you're running the business, you're selling the product, uh, you're making sure your display is good, all that stuff, you're doing that by yourself. So by like I said, by the second week I'm already doing that by myself and that just that just helps a lot with my growth. And then I looked up probably like a month and a half later and you know, I had I had accomplished so much in like such a short time, I was eligible for like promotion as far as like being a marketing executive like that fast mm, and i was like and I, within a month and a half wow. like i had covered that much ground and it was like i opened it to me um that i was that i had done that because i didn't even realize what i was doing because look i'm i'm fresh to this i'm new to this i never i never i didn't even know what I'm, i i've never planned on actually getting into marketing or anything like that so you know, within a month and a half, I had already, um, well, I was already up for uh, promotion for marketing executive. And the funny thing about that was, I, I mean, I come to find out after the fact, uh, actually starting that position is that um, that firm had actually been in um, that city for like probably nine to 10 months or maybe 11, 12 at that point. And, you know, they had, ample um people that they had hired and they were building and you know like this is a constant process but they never had anybody that was eligible for marketing executive promotion so in that whole time they were in that city so that really opened my eyes to, like show me like oh bro like you could you're really capable of doing this like you you're you're pretty solid at what you're doing as far as like you know marketing negotiating you know closing deals and getting the job done and what kind of products were y'all selling and marketing? Were you um, marketing water to a well? <laughs> no. So the partners were actually um, Apple and Samsung. Oh, nice. So it was Apple and Samsung products. Yeah. You know, it's good products to market. <laughs> nice. Shout out to Jay-Z. <laughs> no, for real. In case that went over somebody's head. But um, nah, damn. So you, So you're in there. Within a month, you've already pretty much have completely pushed past your ceiling. And now you're seeing that, man, I know what it takes. I have what it takes to um, to have a product, to no negotiate and close out a deal. How has that translated into what you're doing today? Um, so pretty much um, that... I guess it kind of like propelled me a bit or gave me the confidence to just take like my skills, like my um my tools that I already knew I had and kind of just put it out there and go with my move a little bit. 
Um, and it, you know, it gave me a better idea of how to actually get that idea out there and, you know, like try to, try to execute it better. Yeah. And not to even stop your flow. When did you, um, cause obviously it sounded like you were really successful at the marketing. Um, when did you end up leaving that position? Um, I want to say I took some time off, uh, going, going in the summer. I just kind of like took some time off. It was like, um, I kind I kind of got sick or whatever. And I took some time off. And then like during that little period I had off, I was like, it clicked. I was like, okay. Um, you know what you want to do. You know what you want to do. Let's see if you have the guts to sacrifice for a little bit and actually try to put that into motion. And around what time, around what month was this, or what month and year was this? Um, this is like the end of, uh, this is like going the start of the summer of twenty one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, so now you took the leap of faith to go out on your own and just really see what you can do. What are you doing now, if you don't mind explaining to the people? Well, you probably know better than me, but it's, uh, you know, like that thing that happened, uh, where we were, um, going to that, that bookie in Knoxville, um, probably, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) probably 2017, 2016, 2017 ish. Uh, so right now I'm actually packaging my intellectual property um and basically i am a sports consultant and i'm giving people advice and wagering tips um for people who like you know sports and they want to get better at um you know basically managing what they put in and get out of their sports wagers so uh that's what i'm doing um and i'm also you know like i'm really into sports so like i'll do like sports write-ups um i'm working on like a vlog right now and several other things regarding sports as well um, to get that out there. Nice. Nice. And obviously you kind of hinted at, hey, we've been into sports for a while, even back when we was in yes, Knoxville. Um, so from one person from one person to another, I can vouch for this man. This man knows fucking sports. Uh, we've definitely have gone through – We've gone through the ups and downs when it came to sports betting, sports, uh, whatever you would call it, sports gambling, whatever it is. But it's a big market now. Like this was we were doing this shit back when it was still underground, not talked about. Like you had to, (laughs) you had to go through some loopholes just to place a bet. But now we've seen with the DraftKings, MGM, uh, with it becoming legal in Tennessee, that now it's becoming a norm. Now that this industry is really starting to like boom. Um, and it's crazy. So how did you know that that you're so good at this shit that you're willing to put your intellectual your your intellectual property um, on Front Street, even your reputation on Front Street, and give consulting to others? Um, you know, before I jump into that, bro, I want to pick. I want to go back to like that that point in 2017. Like, I wasn't even thinking about it in the depths of that because, you know, like, I was just having fun. But so we're going to go back to that point where, um, you know, like, it's that Golden State and that Cleveland Finals. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yes, sir. So, you know, I during that Finals, um, we had pulled up to the bookie, you know, the first two games. And I was was cold-blooded those first two. I was so sure on what I wanted out of those first two games. So I believe I dropped. I dropped five on that first uh, that first game for the Warriors to cover their spread. They covered. I dropped five on the next game for the Warriors to cover their spread. They well, covered. Right, Warriors were two zero finals. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was lovely. Um, and then I believe it was game three. Game three rolled around and we pulled up and I I go in there. And I look at the spread, and I'm like, man, they're up too old. This is kind of like that point in the playoff series where it usually swings to the other team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't pull the trigger. So this is all related to, like, how you build confidence in the game and just, you know, being com- 
being comfortable going with like your move and just being confident confident in your move to begin with. So I don't go ahead and place that wager. I walk out, you know, I come back out to the car. I think you're on your phone. You might have been like you might have been on Twitter and there was like this video of Steph Curry he's he shooting around at one of <laughs> And when he made like seventy three story every time. <laughs> yes, I laugh at this story every time. Because he's in warm-ups and he's shooting and he's hitting every three. And when I saw that, I literally got back off the car. I went back in and I put down another five for game three. And lo and behold, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that spread might have been around three and a half. But I'm, I could be wrong. But, um, I mean, I know we leave, we get back. I'm, I'm watching that game and – Golden State's like hanging around. Cleveland's playing well this game in game three. They're hanging around. Mm-hmm. And I think down the stretch, Katie hits like a big shot on the wing against LeBron and they mess around and win in game his, three. In his fucking face. I'll never forget where we were when we saw that shit, boy. And this was in Cleveland, too. This was in Cleveland. Yes, it was. Oh my God. Katie sprayed that shit, boy. We said. Yeah, no, nah, these niggas are trying to slay LeBron. We're trying to end any any run, nigga. You're done. <laughs> no, for real, for real, bro. So at that moment, they were. No, keep going. My fault. No, you good. You good. They were definitely they were trying to get LeBron and Cole out of there. Like they wasn't KD specifically. He wasn't worried about none of that. <laughs> he was trying to get the boys out of there. But yeah. So it's just like instances like that. Um, I, 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 you know, I reflect on um, later on at this point where I am now, um, or even getting to this point, and those are like the moments that I think about that kind of gave me confidence to know, like, okay, bro, you can make these calls, and you can utilize like kind of like uh, the narratives or whatever information sent sent your way to make calls in a moment and. You know, like all of that stuff kind of helps when it comes to sports because there's so many different dynamics you have to look at and so many different factors you have to take into account when you're betting sports versus, you know, like, um, for instance, saying I'm a fan of UT, uh, UTK, the Vols. And, you know, like I'm a fan of this team. I'm about to go uh, or I'm about to hop on one of these sports betting apps or I'm about to go to a bookie and I'm going to drop this wager. Um, just because I'm a fan, you know, it's a lot deeper than that because um, actually if we're going to be – a thousand percent about it. Fandom is one of the worst ways to bet sports. Right. Uh, you heart. don't have the worst outcome. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, have the worst outcome. <laughs> you will have the worst outcomes getting sports based on fandom. For sure. So at this moment, this is when you knew you was a fucking savage. So how does somebody at this point now, so that was in 2017. We're in 2022. Have you taken a break from it at all? Or did you just go full in, two feet in, and we're just, look, this is how I'm feeding. This is how I'm going to eat. Um, you know, I had, like, I took, I never went all in because at that time, like, I didn't even understand how big the market was because at the time, you had to think about it, this is 2017. Um, It's still illegal at this point. Yeah, definitely. Except for, like, in Vegas. <laughs> like, in the area. So. Right. Um, I'm not thinking like, hey, I'm gonna, uh, and I know I'm not thinking at the time, but I, I think I had heard that guys like Vegas Dave and, you know, like maybe some other guys, but I'm not thinking like, hey, you know, I want to package up my intellectual property and sell it as picks to people or anything like that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, man, like, shit, I like the Warriors. I'm about to try to make a bag off them. Right, See if I'm I can just thinking about run next, it up real quick. Right, I'm just thinking about next season. I'm just trying to run up the bag yeah. this season, then shit, give me next season. Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe, you know, I, I get a little cash and maybe I can buy some clothes and, you know, uh, maybe we go out, you know, for the weekend, turn up or something like that. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm a sports girl or like I have the skills right. to make these calls consistently. But, I will say over time, I did I did start realizing that I do have an edge, but I also have some skills that I could, like, you know, tone up or, like, you know, polish a little bit, and we might be able to get something going. And then 
I will say, like, with it being legalized, like, uh, for, like, a year and a half, two years, whatever now, at this point, um, I started seeing more and more um, of how the market was moving as far as that. And, you know, I've seen a few things. And I think there's, like, one um, there's one sports capper that um, kind of, like, uh, I, I watched a little bit. And I was like, you know, this guy's actually really good. And it's not a lot of people that I think are really good at sports. Uh, Kevin, but there are a few people that I think are really good, and you know, I just looked at that a little bit, and then I was like, I looked at my own skills, and I was like, you know, if, if I pause this up a little bit, I'll be able to like utilize what I already know, because I already know like a lot of sports history. I understand um, the dynamics of the players, I understand the dynamics of of cities, like the the historical factors of teams and all that, or whatever. So, I mean, taking all that into account, that's how I got to the point where I was like, you know. We're about to go all in. We're about to see what we can do. Um, and I will say, uh, if we take a look, I mean, the first half of the season was kind of kind of weird for NBA, but you know, it it all it all panned out. And I say, from the point of January to now, bro, we've been we've been we've had some crazy calls regarding sports. I'm talking first baskets, and I mean, if people don't know, like. First basket, if it's like you can you can kind of pinpoint a first basket if it's like a team that utilizes like a PNR, which is a pick and roll with a, a point guard in the center, and they do that often. So you might be able to pinpoint the center. But we've had a lot of crazy first basket calls consistently on uh, different players based on like a revenge narrative. Um, and I'm if people aren't familiar with what like a revenge revenge narrative is, uh, we that's like a former player like a former player from a former team. So we like to use the revenge narrative for in sports. And, you know, maybe that team, like, you know, just traded this player away or, like, just dropped them like a bad habit out of nowhere. And, you know, like, when that player sees that former team, you know, sometimes their eyes light up. So, right. you know, like, they come to play. you use that. Yes, sir, they come to play. So you, you use that as, like, a revenge narrative. Um, you know, maybe to help you make a call on like a first basket, you might think like maybe that t- that player's team I'm just gonna win that tip, and then you know like I know he's going. If he hadn't told them he wanted first shot, if he touches that rock on that first possession, he's gonna shoot it. I'm telling you, like he's gonna shoot it, and he he's probably gonna try to make it. You know, they could miss it, nothing's guaranteed, but you know you have to take into account those things and you know try to use their advantage narrative to to make that call. And that's what I was saying regarding, like, you know, like we've had some big first basket calls. Um, and then, like, even fast forward to this month, we've had some of the wildest calls. Um, we hit, uh, we had, to start the month off, we had a Seth Curry call. I think he was coming back from injury going against uh, Philadelphia, you know. He's playing for the Nets now. You know how Philly just shipped him and um, sent him, Dan Simmons and Drummond out. Right. Uh, for they got James Harden, of course, in that trade, and you know, like, so this is for just two, two to three weeks in between since this trade is happening. We got Steph Curry coming into Philly, and Simmons is out, of course. He he got like this back thing going on. Steph Curry comes into Philly, he drops 20, 24 that night, I believe. We got him at 20 plus, at plus a thousand, so you know, plus a thousand odds, or it's, it's one, it's one to ten. Essentially, yeah. so like, uh, if you put a hundred dollars there, then that pays out a thousand bucks. Yeah, you know, for Seth Curry to get twenty points, we hit that. Um, then, right after that, we uh, want to say, was it? We hit Josh Hart. So we hit Josh. Josh Hart had like a career game. He had a career high game this month. Uh, then the next game, um, we hit him for thirty-five plus. At plus seventeen hundred, which oh, is insane, ridiculous. And yeah, so this is a one to seventeen. Uh, so you know, same scenario. Hundred bucks pays out seventeen hundred for him to get thirty five plus points. So we hit that, and then we hit a monster right after that. We hit Sadiq Bay probably a few days later. Uh, Sadiq Bay hits his career high the night we get him for thirty five plus. Um, before that night, his career high was 34. 
Uh, he dropped that against the Bucks earlier in the season, but we hit him for the career high night. So that's big. That was a big play. He hit 35 plus at plus 1500. You know, crazy. And then to follow it up a few days ago, we just hit you know another big play. We hit Trey Young. Uh, I I love this little thing that Trey Young has with New York and their fan base because <laughs> he takes it just as personal as them. And so we hit Trey Young at 40 plus points. Um, it, it opened up at plus a thousand. I think. Some of uh, my VIP might have got it like plus seven hundred, but just letting you know, like these calls that um, that we're making and we're getting, um, they're phenomenal. And it's like it just, you know, like to be able to make these calls, it came with so much, you know, trial and error, and then like you know, just realizing like, okay, like even from the marketing aspect of it, like you have the ability to close these deals and make these calls, you know what to say, you know what to do. So taking in that, that account, I took that along with my, my love for sports and, you know, like just built upon it. And now, I mean, we're here, uh, you know, we, we got Sorbet Sports and we should be working on the Empire right now. And even in doing this, like, so even with your platform and your blueprint, are you always looking to, basically risk one to make a hundred um is that always like the type of picks that you're trying to select and how does somebody get in contact with you that's interested in your consulting so um to well i'm not always risking one so i might risk a little more um we do we do rate risk based on like units so we have like a base play uh, most of the time. And then it, like if we end up getting to plus money, we'll go like, so for instance, we'll go like one unit and like that one unit, um, ideally you want to make that one unit like 45% of your bank roll, five to 10 max. And I say five to 10% max. And that's if you got like, you know, like some petty on you and you know, like you ain't, you ain't really too, too worried about about it, but you do want to have like a, a formula and you want to, you know, be accountable for risk management as yeah. far as like wagering. So, and what's a unit? You do one unit. Um, a unit is what you use, it's like a it's, it's money, so it's a, a marker of money for betting. Like, that's how you track like what you're putting down. Okay, yeah, so. Basically, what I'm saying is, like, uh, if you're putting down $100, uh, $100 could be your one unit. And then, like, for instance, if you got, like, maybe a more riskier play, um, maybe, you know, just put a half a unit on that more riskier play instead of putting the full thing, you know, put the, put the full unit down on the play that you're more confident about. So um, now a half unit would be $50 about. to add on. Yeah, so, okay. exactly. So if your one unit is $100, your half unit turns into $50. And then, you know, like maybe you got a base, a base play or like a play you like for one unit, do that. And then you got like a more riskier play, you put a half unit there. So if that more riskier play loses, you know, you still won your, your one unit on your safer play and you still made, you know, a half a unit in profit, which, I mean, that's the whole, that should be the whole point of you, I guess, indulging in sports and is, I mean, to win and make money. If you're not doing that, I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess you could be doing it for fun, and that's cool, too. I'm not saying don't be casual or do things for leisure. You don't have to turn everything into, like, some serious job. But I know, like, what we're here to do, what we're here to accomplish. So, And for those that are serious, those that do want to get in contact with you, where would they find you? Um, so if you would like to get in contact with me, you can find me on Snapchat at Sorbet Sports. That's at S-O-R-B-E-T-S-P-O-R-T-S. Nice. And, you know, if you just send me a DM. Um, let me know, like, what, uh, I mean, I guess what's the purpose of you adding me or if you were looking into getting into, like, sports, you know, just send me a DM. Let me know what's up, and I'll be happy to, you know, help you with that. And, you know, that that does include, like, so we got like a whole subscription based thing going on with that as well. So right, talk that about includes, yeah. you know, a lot more than just like you getting some picks, like you actually get access to me. Like currently, like all of the members, like they get personal access to me. They, they, you know, they text me, they call me, they ask me, you know, like it can be 
a night when we might not even have NBA. It might be a different sport, you know, like they, they're, they, they're comfortable with asking me, you know, about advice or about that or something different. Um, and, you know, I'm available most of the time to help them and respond, you know, and just give them advice and guidance on whatever they would like to do. And what sports do you typically and, indulge in um, and which ones do you leave alone? So the main sports I've, I've been on are um, NFL and NBA. Um, I will say when April rolls around this year, we're getting into baseball heavy. MLB is back. The lockout is over. Um, and, you know, I got to touch up on my baseball skills a little bit in the summer. You know, taking some risks, some personal risks, not really abiding by my own rules. But, you know, I got to learn a lot. So I feel a lot more comfortable with baseball rolling around to actually be able to cap it and hand it out to my VIP. I never, I've never done that, actually. So we're going to take that on this year. So we're adding baseball to, you know, the package as well as um, with the football and the NBA. That's included. Do you fuck with the fights? I do. Um I, you know, I don't really get into the UFC, but I'll get into, like, boxing. Like, I might give you a boxing wager, but, like, I'm not really into the UFC like that. I'll probably defer to somebody who's, like, sharper or knows more about the in and out of the UFC regarding that. Right. And I, I feel like I interrupted you when you was in your flow about the tiers. Um, did you were you able to address each tier that you're offering? Oh, so regarding like the tiers of sports for me, um, or I mean, not the tiers of sports, but like the tiers of your subscription base for anybody that's looking. Yeah, at that that's what I meant. That was a complete like improve error um, when I. So, um, All good. with the with the sports package, um, we got like a daily thing going on. We got a weekly thing going on. We got a, a monthly thing going on, and you got a full season um, package for you. So, with the daily package, you know, you get two to three plays. With the weekly one, you get two to three plays every day. Um, with the monthly one, that's you know, four weeks in a month, you get two to three plays every day for four weeks out of that month. And with the full season, depending on whatever sport you get, all those plays. Um, every day for that full season. Nice. And of course, the price price ranges are different. But I mean, if you um, are interested, you know, shoot me a DM and I'll um, let you know more about the price ranges for those different tiers of the sports package. Ooh, how do you, man? How do you sustain your mental? Um, being that you are so important, so so vital to so many people. Um, so I try to, you know, I try to, I try to eat right. I try to, you know, work out a little bit. Like I, you might catch me. I normally will go for like a morning run or like a night run. Those are really helpful. Like for clearing your mind and getting over like a long day. Right. Um, if you know, like if you have a down day, cause every day is not going to be a winning day. And um, anybody who's telling you that, or like if you are speaking in general, like um, if someone's, you know, selling you picks or like you're looking to get into sports wagering, if somebody's telling you like we got a 100% hit rate, like we went in every night, they are fucking lying. <laughs> I would just like to be straightforward about that. They are telling you a fiddle. Or like maybe they have like some weird method where they're paying these super juiced up odds. Mm. And, you know, maybe they're winning that way. But, like, I mean, if we're talking one-to-one odds, like, you're probably not going to win every day. But the goal is, you know, to to max, well, to minimize risk and maximize value and, you know, win out in the end. Of course. Of course. Of course. No, I like that. Um, like you said, you're not gonna hit everything, but the but the biggest thing is to minimize the risk and just hedge. Yeah, against so all that's of why, that. like, yeah, most definitely. So yeah, like I said, you know, I just I like I like to go for a run, you know, and try to focus on what I'm eating, you know, stay stay hydrated. Of course, you know, just simple things. Um, 
I will I will say I occasionally, you know, I like I like to get a little meditation in. That's just like Man. it keeps my decision making a, a lot sharper when you know it's like my my thinking space isn't cluttered with what's going on around me. So occasionally I get that in as well. Yeah, no, that's important, bro, because it is crazy that you even speaking on like meditation, you're speaking on walks and and late night, early morning runs, because if your mental isn't right, like you said, it's just it's going to have a drastic effect on everybody else below you. And so that's just really key. It's good that you take that into consideration, my brother, because they say a lot of black men, we don't we don't take care of our mental health. So. We discredit that right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we take we take care over here. Most definitely, bro. Um, how you feeling about to wrap up sports, but how you feeling about the NCAA tournament right now? Um, take it away from sports. I mean, take away from betting. Um, not any advice thus far. Who do you think has the potential to to make a push for that championship? What do you think about the NBA? And I know baseball season's coming up. I'm I actually have a comment about that one. I have a theory about that. No, for sure. Um so NCAA. Um what who I like I'm not even I don't really have a favorite here. I do have a narrative that I like though. So like Anyone who knows me regarding sports knows I, I, I mess with the narratives heavy. So I do believe that Coach K oh, here we go. is a favorite in this tournament. Here we go. Makes sense. For man. other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like my uncle. Yeah, you know, we had Duke. We had a two-unit play on Duke yesterday. They cashed. That game was really good versus Texas Tech. You know, I thought Texas Tech might be able to pull it out, but shout out Jeremy Roach, the young man, put in some work at the end of that game to secure it. And you know, I I like I like the way Duke plays. I like the coach. I like the system. And you know, it's his um, his retirement run this this tournament. So you know, I like Coach K. I like Duke. I, li- I like what they got going. I like them as a favorite, honestly. Um, and we talking NBA. Um, who do I think will is it, you? You talking about like regarding the championship? Who I think come out on top? Uh, well, no, we don't need to talk about championship because we're 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 pretty far away from that. We could just say who you think is coming out the West, who's coming out the East. Oh, I think the West and the East is pretty set. Shit, I think the Suns come out the West. You know, we got like seven to eight games left in the regular season, so yeah. I think the Suns come out the West. And honestly, if my, Miami keeps winning. I think they stay at the top of the East. They're number one right now. I nice. think. Yeah. Yeah, they got they got possibly play the Nets in that first seed, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm not gonna lie. My favorite though, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I know you didn't ask about it, but my favorite to come out the East and win a championship as well are the Brooklyn Nets. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. If healthy, I like Katie and Kyrie to get it done. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm I, like I said. I got a comment about. I got a comment. Now we're getting closer to it. I got a comment about baseball and Kyrie. But before we get into the, if you can dive into your crystal ball, bro. In a play-in game, let's say the Lakers get AD uh, back, and they gotta face the other team in LA, the Clippers, my boys. I feel like I feel in my heart that something's going to happen where the Clippers end up losing to the Timberwolves or the Nuggets or whichever team they end up playing in the play-in. And then they end up playing the Lakers. The Lakers end up being the Pelicans. If they if they get in, if the Spurs don't. I think the Spurs are two games behind, um, but I just don't see it. If the Lakers play the Pelicans, I think they beat the Pelicans and they end up facing us um, in that last play-in game. Who do you got? I heard Paul George is uh, gearing up for practice. So Me too. <laughs> you know, I might be leaning in the Clippers in this matchup. All right. That's all I need to know. I'm not going to lie to you. That's I might be leaning in the Clippers. It, it, it's hard to win five in a row, but that's that's what I needed to hear. I mean, I'm I'm feeling like 
I'm feeling like Paul George will come back too, and I'm feeling like if we can make a push in that first round, then maybe, maybe we see some spurts of Kawhi. But we'll have to see. Yeah. I think if we push the, if I think if we get to the second round, we'll definitely see Kawhi. But if we're playing the Suns, uh, first round that's a tough that's a tough feat to get over. No, for sure. Um, if you know if y'all get the Maestro CP3 first, that's a tough matchup for any team, not just the Clippers, for any team. Yeah. Um, it's just the way like the man commands, like commands the floor in his team as far as like getting get to his spots and setting them up and to get to their spots. He's 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 one of one with that, I will not lie. Um and you know, he got he got that sniper on the wing, he got D Buck, he got those wing defenders. Uh Mikhail Bridges is a really solid defender. Jake Crowder is a you know, a solid defender. Yeah, they just got they just got so many weapons this year. Even coming off the bench, they got like a Cam Johnson who can shoot it three D guy. They got a, a campaign who can get down hill, he can push the pace, he can assist, he can play his game. You know, he can run the offense just as well as C P at times and it's it's pretty amazing how many weapons they have in Phoenix. And you know, Monty Williams is a pretty good coach as well, so Yeah, no, they're they're good for sure. I've seen crazier shit though, but I guess we, you know, what I mean, we're gonna see. We're gonna see how this. We're gonna see how this season turns out. Um, to bounce it back and talk about the East, and to talk about, you know, the news came out that Kyrie will be coming back. They're gonna lift the the private mandate in New York so that private, um, private employees, employees working under private companies, um, can now work. Well, actually, let me. I got that wrong. They didn't lift that ban on all private employees. They lifted that ban to the exception of athletes and entertainers. Now, I have a theory. It's not my original theory, but the theory was that Eric Adams didn't lift that ban because of Kyrie. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, he ain't lifted because of Kyrie. He lifted that shit because, and shout out to the Hotep's, he lifted that shit because baseball season is coming back. And the Yankees have a lot of fans, way more than the Nets. And if by any chance one of those fans, one of those players on the Yankees wasn't vaccinated and can't play a home game, you're going to get a lot of mad Italians. You're going to get a lot of mad fan base, way louder than what the NBA can be. And so he was just like, you know, you know what? It ain't worth it. It ain't worth the traction. It ain't worth the static. You know what I mean? Let's lift it. I don't know. What you think about that? I think that's very possible. I think that's a very good point. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Yankees got more fans than the Mets. Cool. And, but, you know, just thinking about both fan bases, if that, you know, where or to affect either team, you know, I could easily uh, uproar regarding oh, yeah. that. Uh, you know, especially a lot of these baseball players are from these different countries. Um, yeah, fan bases run deep, you know. And I think taking into consideration that uh, the Nets fan base didn't go as hard for Kyrie, uh, that's kind of that's kind of upsetting. Um, but just, you know, them even forecasting or foreshadowing, like, what could potentially happen with the Yankees fan base or a Mets fan base or whatever. Um, you know, I feel like that would definitely be, like, a reason why that why Mayor, uh, Mayor Eric Adams would go ahead and lift that mandate uh, for the private sector. And yeah. let those players play in those home games, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Uh, yeah. Sure. And, uh, you know, in, in regards, I'm not sure what, what, it really was, you know, because then, you know, he gave the exception to only athletes and entertainers. But yet, how many people lost their jobs? Um, how many firefighters lost their jobs? How many people are still going through that process? Um, 
because he ain't lifted for all New Yorkers. But ultimately, it was just all bad. To me, it was just all bad. Um, no matter how you look at it, the government really wasn't good to the people, <laughs> to their people these past few years. And I wanted to talk a little bit about politics. Um, there's a lot of new stuff going on in politics, obviously. A lot of the mass restrictions, a lot of vaccine restrictions have been lifted. Uh, even though there's a new variant sweeping through China right now, could possibly come out here, but we, we'll see. Um, we have a new Supreme Court justice. Uh, we, we're under the Biden leadership. Inflation's high. Gas prices are high. Food is high. Um, shit. You know, possibly a recession around the corner. What is your opinion on the state of the world today? So, I mean, regarding the state of the world right now, um, I mean, we kind of just touched on one of, I mean, my biggest issues and like uh, regarding like the the vaccine mandate, uh, you know, especially with like a place like New York, like you said, like a lot of people lost their jobs. So, you know, like they lost their, um, their wages, you know, and, you know, with those wages, you know, they do things like provide for their families, you know. Know, that helps them, you know, you know, enjoy their hobbies, et cetera, whatever. Um, and, you know, just thinking about the fact that, like, I feel at the time when most of these things were put in place, uh, people along with being vaccinated, they were wearing masks. So um, if the mask, in fact, was effective, uh, as I guess it would say it was, um, I never understood why these people were terminated to begin with um, if they were wearing their mask in these places, um, vaccinated or unvaccinated. And to get to the point of being vaccinated or unvaccinated, um, I would like to touch on uh, the individual uh, personal freedom, especially uh, personal medical freedom. Um, and, you know, I just don't think that being forced to be vaccinated um, is something that uh, authoritative uh, figures like your state, uh, local government, or your federal government should be able to dictate. I don't think that's accessible in any way, any shape, form, or fashion. Like, and I understand that um, during our lifetime, this is very new to us as far as like a, a pandemic. Um, I guess with the to the point where like the, the damage it might have caused in uh, certain parts of the world and in the U.S. as well. But um, just then presented with the option, hey, like do this or, you know, lose your money. Um, I feel like that's a little harsh and that's not like how you, I don't feel like that's the option you give to a, a human being who's doing the right thing for themselves. And, um, you know, just how, for instance, with Kyrie, um, We'll use him as an example since he's a celebrity, he's a public figure in this situation. Um, how he took his personal stance, of course, he's, he's well off. He's, he's, he's gotten to the point, he's achieved his dreams. He's gotten to the point um, in life where he's well off so he can you know, afford to take that time off. Um, so it's a lot different from him, for, from other people. But I still don't feel like uh, he shouldn't have been relieved from his job, nor the people that aren't, you know, just making as much money as him. Uh, I don't feel like they should have been relieved either. Uh, Especially, oh, it's, keep it's, on. No, oh, you're good. So I, well, I was about to touch on, like, um, just how there's not enough support from everyone um, and just uh, teamwork uh, working together on these issues. Instead, it's like uh, more of a, a divide and conquer scenario or yeah. um yeah so like if i choose to make this decision because i believe uh this would be the best decision for me um how you know your peers will attack you or people will say you're you're wrong you're stupid you're not being a leader etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. granted people are going to say whatever um but it's like how can you bash another human being for making a personal medical decision for themselves if it doesn't affect you directly and you know i understand that potential um you know you could you know pass on covid et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. but i mean 
you have a vaccine, you can still get COVID and pass it on. So, so um, you know, taking into account all these different things, it's like you would think more people would have taken a step back, you know, less judgment, more understanding, more like, okay, how can we work together and get this issue resolved? Yeah, I agree. It was pretty ugly of how divisive things were, how much the media um, used tactics against peoples, against certain groups, divided, and just even just how quick a lot of stuff has happened, how quick information has been spread, how much of a change we've been through in these last two years. Honestly, I can talk about it all night. I can write a book about it and you know, I see in a lot of these more democratic-led cities, states, it was a lot of authoritarian policies being put on place on the people. And even in just the rally of our last big presidential election, I think they rallied a lot with divisive tactics, with gaslighting, with pointing out racist or calling everything racist, um... I think they got a lot of black people to step out in droves, like step out in big groups to go out and vote for this current regime. And then once this regime came in, they ended up putting in policies in place that weren't in the benefit of black people, like forcing vaccines, um, like it firing people, like these same folks that were considered heroes during the pan I mean during the height of the pandemic now we're faced with losing their jobs and I know some people personally that have lost their that were nurses that have lost their jobs or had to or ended up leaving because of how tough they were making it um you know and I just feel that I just feel that a lot of times we did it to ourselves you know what I'm saying um you got to be able to look past the shock value of things and understand who you're putting in these political positions to make decisions for the collective. And you got to ask, do they really care about us or do they not? You know what I mean? Or is this just a power struggle? And so obviously I can go down the wor- the um, the wormhole with that, the rabbit hole. We could be on this whole talking for a whole nother hour, but I want to leave you with the floor to wrap it up with anything that you want to say um in regards to politics regards to sports um and just you know and just tag the people where they can find you one one last time oh for sure um so before i do um you know we wrap this up i would like to drop a few gems um for anyone interested in getting into sports wagering um and no, I'm not telling you you should do anything, and you know. Uh, but so I want to drop a few tips. So there are a couple sites that I actually utilize that help me a lot, um, outside of like the knowledge I already know, just based on you know years of watching sports, etc., and just looking at the game through a certain lens. Um, so there's a site called uh, Fantasy Pros. Um, this is really good. So you can actually use Fantasy Pros to gauge like the lines that whatever book you use offering. So fantasy pros list like the projections for players in the NBA. And sometimes you can see like how that line compares to their line at the sports book. So maybe their points, uh, rebound, assist line, you can see, or, you know, threes or whatever. Um, you see how those lines compare to like fantasy pros and maybe fantasy pros has like a higher projection for them on their site than they do at the sports book. So you could look at that and be like, okay, maybe I see a little edge right here. Um, and this, I see them being projected for more here on Fantasy Pros, but their lines, you know, a little lower at the books. So maybe you can find the edge like that, and you know, like either the categories for points, rebounds, um, assists, you know, made threes, all that good stuff. Um, and the next site I would like to point out, oh, team rankings. It's probably common. Maybe a lot of people know about it as well as Fantasy Pros, but team rankings. So. This site is really good. It actually gives you a chance to see, like, where all the teams in NBA rank regarding um, rebounding, assists allowed, uh, three-pointers allowed, stuff like that. You can also look at um, ATS, so against the spread, uh, numbers for teams, um, over-under numbers, stuff like that, you know, how teams perform off 
one day rest, two days rest, no days rest, etc. But um, just to go back to the um, with the rebounding um, assists allowed, rebounding allowed, assists allowed, uh, three pointers allowed, stuff like that. You know, you can pinpoint the like the bottom five teams in each of those categories, and maybe you know it's a slate or a slate of games where like or a day where um, you know you got a team that's a little more polished going against some of the bottom of the um, the bottom of the league teams in these categories and you know you can hit their hit their weaker spots or find like maybe a player prop to attack like their weaker spots for like rebounding or like you know a good passer you can get your assist prop against a team that's like you know allowing a lot of assists or like you can get you some threes props for a player um against a team that's allowing like you know a lot of threes so those sites are really helpful um, to, you know, better and improve, like, your decision-making when you're picking these props and doing all this good stuff. It's worth wagering, you know, just so you can, you know, help, you know, help yourself, you know, be more accurate and more sharp and, you know, make more money. Um, the next thing I'd like to point out, um, I'm going to use this, like, because I, I actually talked to someone about Steve Jobs earlier, and I talked about this before, but I'm going to use a story like uh, Steve Jobs. So, you know, like before Steve Jobs became like this, you know, this renowned um, public figure, uh, rest in peace, of course. Um, you know, he was a guy who had a vision, who had a dream. You know, somewhere in the garage, you know, building, working in his in his parents' home, working on whatever. Um, so at at this point, you know, he he's working on his dream and all this good stuff. So before you get to the point where you achieve all these great things, you you know, you go through a lot. You have a lot of different experiences. You have a lot of different scenarios you're in. Um, then once you get through all that, you make, you you know, if you make the right moves, you get to achieve all that. And I'm using that to tie into, um, you know, the fact that like with these players in these different leagues, whether it be NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, whatever sport you like, um, you know, all these different individuals have like these different stories, these different backgrounds, these different, positions they've been put in so all of this is being said to let you know like the narrative uh for individuals matter the narratives in sports matter like all these things past and present matter um um and they have a lot i feel like they can actually help you a lot when it in regards to you know making the decision on a play for a game or a player etc so you know that's just a few tips and tricks out few tips and tricks I wanted to drop off um, for um, sports, you know, just to help everyone get a little better if you're into that type of thing. Like uh, like I said, I'm not telling you you should do anything. I'm not recommending that you go gamble, especially if you don't have, like, uh, you know, any experience or aren't looking to seek, like, you know, individuals with good experience in that field. Um, and, of course, like, if you would like to reach me, um, you can reach me on Snapchat at Sorbet Sports, so that's at S-O-R-B-E-T-S-P-O-R-T-S, Sorbet Sports, and, you know, shoot me a DM, and I will be available to assist you with any questions you have regarding Sorbet Sports. And just like that, man, yo, Kendo, I appreciate you coming onto the platform, bro, dropping these gems, dropping your knowledge. I'm impressed to see where you've become, bro, since we was out there going to the underground and dropping little $100 wages um, somewhere far out into Knoxville, Tennessee, where the normal, where a, re- well, where a regular civilian wouldn't have gone to. So The Knox trenches. The yeah, trenches, we- <laughs> boy. So, bro, like I said, this is a man with a lot of knowledge when it comes to sports. So we're not just, he's not just trying to sell you a dream. Um, obviously this is not legal advice. Do this with your own risk, with your own money, and just make sure that you're in a financially good place. Do not approach anything from a desperate state of mind. Cause nothing good comes from that. Um, for one, I can attest to that, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> but yo bro no for sure bro i appreciate you dog um nothing but respect for who you are on my end and you know we're gonna have to do this again bro we're gonna have to do this one more time so with that being no, said, for sure bro yeah i no. thank you for having me i thank you a lot 
This is the Drew Wop, the Wop, uh, Mr. Flavor in your ear. Um, I thank you for having me on your platform and giving me the opportunity to speak about what it is I do and who I am a little bit. Um, you know, I wish nothing but the best for you on your journey to the top because you, I mean, you do really good at what you do. So, you know, I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity again. I appreciate you, bro. And just like that, man, you can follow Flavor in Your Ear on IG. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm Mac Drewop. On Twitter, if you hear a dog barking in the background, I'm sorry, man. My dog is going crazy. We stay right by an alley in Los Angeles, California. You don't know what could be going on. But if that if you're not tripping off that, man, go follow me on IG. Go follow me on Twitter. Um we're also shit where else are we we also have a cleaning service in los angeles if you're in the los angeles area holla at me i'm grimes cleansing service where we don't just clean your property we cleanse it you know what i'm saying uh known as the cleanse team but with that being said man we're going to be trying to drop episodes each week and just get perfect the craft get a little bit better with time so like i said with that being said we are out this is drew Kendo, let's get it. Yeah, I'm back, bitch. Wise people. It's safe to say, it ain't safe to say. But I'm about to say a whole lot. I'm gonna start by saying this, though. Uh, it's too dirty to play it safe I stay out the way Niggas get stuck in their ways Hey, I know it's okay But one day You the big dog You the shot call The tick off The pill give a nigga withdrawals But the only thing I owe the on is money The proof is in the pudding She's nothing more than the cum rag So sad you, you don't know the steps To get your hoe back She digging my style She wanna give me clarity TTG when they come to get a check, right? You better not hesitate, bitch Complete the mission, ho Commission if you do that shit with a smile I hit a lick and I was smiling all the way home But it's been a long day Been a long week But we gon' fucking beat By any means Shoot anything